0: The missing piece, and we're going to start in Philippians chapter four. I believe that the peace of God has never been more necessary. Um, we needed it before the pandemic, but what this pandemic has done is it, I believe, has revealed so much of our life that has been built on shifting sand. And it's it's not only has anxiety, not only is it growing. But I think it's also exposing where maybe our feet were not planted on the rock of Jesus. And so I believe this series is going to be so life-changing for you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's really going to speak to us over the next month. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these. And the God of peace will be with you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, now as we go to your word, I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray against any distraction that would try to stop this moment. And I thank you that no one is here, no one is watching, no one is entering into this moment by accident, but I believe you have a word for us today. And so, uh, Lord, as Samuel said to you so long ago, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. We are listening and we are expecting a word from heaven and we thank you for it. We thank you that you will speak because that's what you do in Jesus name. And the whole church said, amen. Can we give God one more praise? Come on, let's just thank God. Amen. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. So during this last season, the last five, six months, we, uh, you've, you've heard about it. I've heard about it. We've talked about it. There has been a huge rise in depression, in anxiety, uh, in suicide and suicide attempts. In substance abuse, alcohol, marijuana, and, and alike going through the roof. Uh, a lot of violence in the home, a lot of domestic abuse happening. And so we, we have seen not only are we in a health crisis physically, but we are in a health crisis mentally. Now, we were already in one. Let me just say that. It has only been escalated. One in eight adult Americans are on some kind of antidepressant. That does not include alcoholics. That does not include drug addicts. That's just people who are on a prescribed antidepressant. You're like, wow, why did I come to church today? We're just going. I got to give you some. Can I give you a little bit of bad news and then a lot of good news? Okay. Because the good news is going to be gooder if I give you a little bad news. Right now, depression medications are rising at a rate of 300%. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. Last year, 48,000 people committed suicide and 1.4 million people attempted suicide. I say that, and yet depression, mental health, suicide, they've they've almost become like cuss words in the church, huh? We, We just don't talk about it. Often we refuse to talk about it and therefore we never find freedom from it because we don't talk about it. So people sit in the chairs and go, well, I, I guess this isn't relevant to anybody else because the preacher never talks about it or no one's ever talking about it. And everyone's just smiling and saying praise the Lord and clapping. So, so, so you, you, you tell yourself you're the only one, uh, but you're not even the only one on your row. Now let me make a statement. We would never judge a physical illness. Right? We have uh, two beautiful people in our church in the hospital right now with COVID and everything in me, my heart goes out to them. We're praying for them. How are you doing? What do you need? What, how can we help? There's no judgment in that. All all we, all I have is compassion. We would never judge a physical illness and we should never judge a mental illness. I'm going to let everybody in this room say amen before I say another word. Okay. Now, even when God names his nation Israel, he says, Jacob, you're no longer Jacob. I now call you Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. So from the birth of his people, God said there would be struggle. Now, when I say struggle, I don't mean you have to live with it forever, but what I do mean is I believe that anytime we face any kind of resistance, we give up. And God says, no, don't give up, struggle, wrestle, fight back. Don't just let the devil punch you in the face. Again, you can fight back. You can struggle. You can wrestle with God. You can wrestle with man. In other words, with yourself. In other words, you don't have to just lay down and die. You can struggle with God and with man. And here's what he named his nation. And you would prevail. So I'm calling you Israel, a prince, a fighter, a warrior. So the struggle is a part of our faith. And that's why we can never be surprised by struggle in our own lives or in people's lives. We shouldn't tell ourselves that we'll never struggle. John the Apostle tells us in 1 John that if we say we have no sin, we've lied to ourselves and made God a liar. In other words, life is life and there's going to be issues. But now in the midst of all of this, there's this promise from God. God. And the promise from God is peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. We get this word peace from a Hebrew word, shalom. It is still the greeting in Israel. It is still the greeting. If you went to Jerusalem today, if you said hello, just like if you went to Hawaii and said aloha, if you go to Israel today, you would say shalom. Shalom is a word. It is a greeting. And here's what shalom means in the Hebrew language and into the Greek language. It means confidence, righteousness, relief, trust. It means all is right. It means security, welfare, calm. It means well-being, prosperity, wholeness, and completeness. Basically, all the words that wouldn't describe 2020. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You're like, I haven't felt one of those words since March. Okay, good. Confidence, righteousness, relief, trust, all right. Security, welfare, calm, well-being, prosperity, wholeness. and This is the promise of God. Radically different than what we're currently experiencing. I dare say it's even countercultural. Almost like we would feel guilty to feel these things. But you can and you should and you will in Jesus' name because this is the promise of God. Not a perfect life, but a life of peace. Not a life that, that we never go through anything, but a life of peace. Wholeness. Completeness. I'm in a broken world But God has made me whole. He's given me shalom. He's given me peace. So I'm just going to give you a few things today. This is going to get deeper and deeper as we go. But let me give you my first point. Peace is possible, but requires participation. Yeah, it's possible, but it's going to require participation. Because I don't know how you felt about verse 6, but I kind of get a little offended does the Bible ever just make you go what? <laughs> hey guys, be anxious for nothing. Stop it. <laughs> Excuse me. You know what I'm going through. You know what I'm facing, Paul. You know I just lost my job. You you, you know what we're facing in 2020? Be anxious for nothing. It's a little harsh. It's a little cold. It it. It would be rude for a fellow believer to just walk up to you and go, well, you know, the Bible just says be anxious for nothing, so you can just stop. You'd be offended. It, it sounds a little insensitive that Paul would just say, you can just stop. But you got to remember that Paul is writing the Philippian church four years into an indefinite prison sentence. Paul is not writing from his beautiful guard-gated home in Summerlin. Paul is not writing from the penthouse suite at the Wynn with a Bible and an assistant. Paul is in jail for preaching Jesus. He's been there for four years. He would be there for longer. And from a prison cell, he writes a letter to the Philippian church about joy and peace. (laughs) So I want to say it like this. Paul is only saying what he's saying because he's experienced it himself. I think he's writing not only from a place of experience, but also reminding himself of this truth. As he's in a prison cell telling himself, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because he knows anxiety will give us nothing. I feel like Jesus said something like, who of you by worrying can add one day to his life? When Paul says not to be anxious, he's not being insensitive. He just knows that anxiety is not the answer to what we're going through. It may feel in the natural justifiable, but it will not help you. I know what it's like, by the way, I know what it's like to be dealing with something and to hear the enemy say, life will always be like this. Some of you are there right now, always going to have depression, always going to have anxiety, always going to be addicted, always going to have that issue. It's always going to be there. That is what the devil will always do. I, I, I posted this this week that fear is expecting the devil to move. Faith is expecting God to move. Anxiety is expecting worse. Peace is expecting better. Freedom is possible, but freedom will require our partnership. So here's all I'm trying to get you to the place today. I'm, I'm not even trying to get you free yet. All I want you to do today is by the end of this service, believe God that you can be anxious for nothing. That you can get there in your life, a place where anxiety is not your portion, where worry and stress is not the theme of every conversation and every thought and every prayer and every every part of your life, every rolling thought that goes through your mind, it doesn't have to, you can get to a place. All I'm doing is, I'm not even telling you not to be anxious, I'm just telling you that God is inviting you into a life where you can be anxious for Nothing. Come on, say amen to this. I'm just building, I just want to build your faith. Now, it, that, that anxious for nothing life, it might require counseling. I'm not a doctor. It might require counseling. It might require medical assistance. Again, I'm not a doctor. You don't come here for medical advice. Amen. You come here for the word. You got, you got to go work those things out with your family and, and your spouse on and on. It will definitely require a change of lifestyle, no doubt. No doubt. But I just want to get you to the point today. Do not believe the lie that everything in your life is out of your control. Some things are, but not everything. There's some things you can do. There's, there's some participation that you can add to your life. This is, by the way, I feel, I feel this so strongly, especially for the, the, the new generation coming up that there is a lie that our culture permits that everything is happening in your life because of somebody else, which is so radically diabolically opposed to the promises of God that you can believe and you can decide for your future. And, and, and I just want to tell you today, yes, there, there may be forces against you, no doubt, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And no matter what you believe about what you believe, God is greater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want you to come into agreement today with God's word. That's all I'm trying to get you to do. Just come into agreement with God's word today that you can be anxious for nothing. Faith in God's word. Here's what anxious means. It means, in the, in the Greek language, this word means to be divided, separated, ripped apart. Y'all stomach ever felt that way? Ripped apart and distracted. Paul says, don't be divided, separated, ripped apart, or distracted about anything. Peace means wholeness. So the world and culture and the devil is trying to rip me apart. He's trying to divide me. He's trying to separate me. He's trying to distract me. And God's trying to bring me into wholeness, into focus, into peace. Now, see, I'm talking about, I'm talking about anxiety. Some of y'all getting anxious about talking about being anxious. You're like, hey, I'm not going to be anxious anymore. I'm not going to be anxious anymore. I'm going to have perfect peace. It's going it's to happen this time. No more coffee. You know, it's like, no, relax. Just a talk like this makes people nervous. I want you to see anxiety, watch me. I want you to see anxiety as a warning system. Not as just some lack of faith. Well, you seem to have more faith, you seem to be anxious for nothing. No, no, no. Just see it as a warning system. You turn on your car, check engine light. Okay, got to make some adjustments. Might need to take it in, might need an oil change. Might need more. I don't, I don't know what it, but, but the warning system, when I see the check engine light, I don't go, okay, I need a new car. Yeah? No? Some of y'all, you're like, yeah, that's how I roll. Okay, well, that's cool, but for some of us, you got to take it in. And when, when anxiety rises, when stress rises, when worry rises, I take that as a check engine light for my soul. I take that as a warning system for my soul. It's letting me know, Jabin, you're divided. Jabin, you're being separated. Jabin, you're being torn apart. Jabin, you're being distracted. It's like you got to refocus. You, You need to get back to wholeness. So when you feel the anxiety, again, come on, Israel, struggle. When you feel the anxiety, don't just give into it. When you feel it, you don't go, ah, it's just one of those days. Better go hit up Lee's. You know, I, I do these Q&As on Instagram for hours and hours and hours. And if you don't know what Instagram is, good. It's better for your life. But, <laughs> but you know, people always ask me about marijuana. Hey, can I, can I smoke marijuana for stress relief? And, and someone said, would you recommend marijuana for stress relief? I didn't, I didn't give one scripture. I didn't give, I didn't condemn. I just went, no, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> OMG, you would have thought I said, your mama's ugly. I had 20 people writing me. Are you serious? You close-minded. And I was like, well, I wouldn't recommend any substance for stress relief. Would you recommend a cheesecake for, no, I wouldn't. Take it from me. I would not recommend. I'm not judging weed. I'm just saying. I wouldn't recommend chicken wings for stress relief. I wouldn't recommend alcohol for stress relief. Oh, man, it's been a big day. I need a bottle of red. No, no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend a substance. When the warning light goes off, it doesn't mean that I need to medicate with more outside stuff that is the very reason that I'm already in the anxiety. So I'm not judging marijuana or alcohol or food or anything else. What I'm saying is, It is from the outside that these things are coming in. You don't bring more from the outside. Am I helping anybody? So anxiety is a warning system. I have to actually see it almost as a friend that lets me, okay, okay. I'm I'm feeling something here. Time to make a change. Time to make a shift. If you feel pain in your body, you don't just ignore it. You want to get to the source of it. And you want to get healing. Here's what anxiety is to me anxiety is concern out of control. It's one thing to be concerned and be in control, it's another thing when concern controls you. So we go back to that Greek word where are you separated? Where are you divided? Where are you distracted? Where are you ripped apart? So here's another question you need to be asking yourself this week. Where can I simplify? Where can I simplify? What what am I allowing into my heart that is dividing, separating, tearing apart, and distracting? Because what... If I can get some of that out, I'm now, remember I said it's possible but requires partnership. I'm now partnering with the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, I'm not talking about a medical issue that you may have. That, that is between you and your doctor and the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about we are in sensory overload where we are just allowing so much in that, of course, it's going to feed concern out of control right. where can I simplify what can I take out of my life what can I what can I remove what have I been trying to remedy this anxiety with that is not working right. like when are you going to get real about that yeah, that's really good. when are you going to get honest enough to go oh this actually hasn't it's been it's been a year trying it this way right. this hasn't worked yep. yeah, really yeah. okay anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. This word nothing means no one nobody anything, nothing. I'm not anxious about anyone (laughs) anything nobody nothing. I can get to the place where I may be concerned but it doesn't control me. Number two peace must be God sustained. Peace must be God can say. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Or instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This word, but, means instead. Okay, instead of being anxious, pray. Yeah? Okay, And some of you just rolled your eyes. Oh, this is so barbaric. It's, it's deeper than that, Jabran. Why don't we just start with the word at least? Like, at least give God a shot. Like, because yeah, I feel it immediately. Instead of being anxious, pray. Oh, with this. Oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not telling you don't go get help outside of this, but I think we should start here. Yeah? Okay. Paul says, instead of being anxious, pray. So he's giving us, he's giving, again, he's giving us a connection here. He's giving us, he's giving us an indicator. Anxiety, this is uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle, anxiety is my indicator that it's time to pray. Anxiety is my indicator that it's time to pray. Anxiety is an indication that it's time to pray. Okay, now, I, I know definitely that I'm talking to some Christians that are like, man, I've tried that. Like, I've been walking with Jesus a long time. I've tried the whole prayer thing. Like, we need more than that. Like, if, I, if, if you were all just new believers, been saved for the last six months, and I said this, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's a word from God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start praying more. But for us that have been through life long enough, it, it, we can become a little cynical to the simplicity of the word of God and I call the church to pray and it's like well yeah I guess but yeah so here's, what, here's where I want to challenge you because I believe the Holy Spirit gave me some revelation this week um, I'm not talking about prayer from the discipline of prayer I'm not talking about the seven week series we just did on the Lord's Prayer I'm not talking about just I gotta pray more I just gotta pray more And we probably do, because I think everybody does. But that's not what I'm talking about. I don't think Paul was calling the church to pray as much as he was calling the church to God. And when I call you to prayer, I'm not really calling you to the discipline of prayer. I'm calling you to the person of Jesus. Because in 2020, prayer can become One of many things that we do to better our lives. So I do yoga and I've been exercising and I've been doing meditation and I've been praying a lot and just soaking and just, and it becomes one of many things. It becomes another discipline. And that's why our prayers don't have power because we treat prayer like. I'm just gonna throw some stuff out in the dark and maybe I'll hit something. Again, do yoga, meditate, do whatever, I don't know. Should I say do yoga with Christian music so no one gets offended? Like do whatever you wanna do, I don't care. Uh, that's an email this week. The pastor said yoga. That is so an email and don't, it's for real, but please don't send it, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's people from California here, I was trying to be relevant, Okay. So, uh, so, so I'm, not, I'm not calling you to prayer as much as I'm calling you to Jesus because, again, prayer can just be another thing. Prayer should not be one of many disciplines because Jesus should not be one of many sources. Prayer should not be one of many disciplines. You should have a disciplined life, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying prayer is not one of many. Yeah. Like yesterday, I went to Orange Theory, and I worked out, and I also studied, and I also prayed. And, but Orange Theory and prayer weren't on the same. Wow. Because it means more to me, and it should mean more to me. Because as much as I want to be physically healthy, I know I need to walk with Jesus. Yeah, so, so prayer should not be one of many disciplines because Jesus should not be one of many sources. Okay. Paul says, but in prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. This word prayer, again, in the Greek language, the reason I keep saying this is because the Bible, New Testament is written in Greek, so sometimes the words, we miss the power of, of it in English. This word prayer means A place set apart for the offering of prayer. The place set apart for the offering of prayer. In other words, Paul, it's deeper than what we we just hear prayer and we're like, yeah, I got to pray more for more peace. No, Paul says, get you a place. Um, Jensen Franklin says, you need a time of prayer and a place of prayer. Without a time of prayer and a place of prayer, you'll never pray. Paul says you need a place set apart where you offer prayers. My place is in my office. That's my place. You need a place. You need a time and a place. Without a time and a place, you won't do it. You'll offer little prayers here and there when you need something. But you'll never develop intimacy with God that will actually birth peace. So you're you're just as freaked out as everybody else with a few prayers here and there. Paul says you're going to have to set a, a place aside. Okay. So before you ask prayer and supplication. Before you go into supplication. In other words, before you ask God for anything, you get in the proper place. I'm helping. I'm helping somebody. I don't know who, but I'm helping somebody. It might sound like I'm speaking Chinese, but I'm telling you that tr- this will really help you if you'll just if you'll create a place for five minutes. That'll grow your faith. Must start growing. It'll turn into ten. It'll turn into twenty. It'll turn into an hour. You need a place. Paul says you're anxious. Consecrate a place and make that. Your spot to talk to God and to hear from God. Okay. Now, I think one of the reasons we really deal with anxiety is because I'm going to get heavy for one second. We, I think we really have believed a lie that God is like a part of our life. When the call of Jesus was never to have jesus as a part of our lives but to be our life and so you know monday through friday is for work and saturday is for golf and sunday is for god or or whatever and god becomes a a part of our life and that's good but we miss out on these on the really deep benefits of walking with christ like peace hope faith love like the, the the real things that really matter so we come in on Sunday for like our pick-me-up but then Monday through Saturday we're basically like the world again not beating you up you know in the church I was raised in I would have said that really 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 loud and then I'd have called you to the altar come on somebody anybody remember that church <laughs> and if that's you, that's the altar. okay so I'm not gonna do that Maybe I should, I don't know, but, but no, no, no. no, no, no. My, my point is, I had to break the ice a little bit. It's a little tense. My point is, I, that's really a lie we believe because what it ends up happening is we, we end up believing God for stuff, but we never walk in the deep richness of a relationship with Jesus. So it's like, I'm believing God for a house, but you have no peace. I'm believing God for a better marriage, but you have no character. <laughs> I believe in God for that miracle, but I have no, I'm not rooted and grounded in love. Because that can only happen when Jesus really becomes your life. Okay? So so I, I just read Matthew 6:33. Seek first the kingdom of God. And and so what do we do? We say, yeah, man, God's number one, man. God's number one. God won. Marriage two, kids three, because your kids gotta see a great marriage. <laughs> Career number four. And that's how we and that's how we do it. As if Jesus is number one and he's the gold medal in my life and Shannon's the silver. But I better be careful because I might put my wife before Jesus. Like I I don't think that's how we should look at it. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a better way to look at it. Jesus is not number one. Jesus is everything. Like, Jesus is my foundation. And the house which is my life is built on the rock that is Jesus. Shannon is not number two. Shannon is a part of the house that is built on the rock of Christ. Yeah? And Jesus is never going to lead me to dishonor or disengage from her. Right? Or to, or, and, and it's not Shannon's number two and Goldie's number three and I'm in competition. No, no. Jesus is my foundation. Goldie's my daughter, by the way, not a girlfriend or something. Some of you are like, Goldie? Okay, kids, kids, children. <sighs> On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand and so I'm on Jesus he's it's not Jesus and then marriage and then ministry no no it's Jesus I'm in Christ and now out of this this foundation of Jesus the walls of the house see like the foundation of your home is not of first importance it's everything You don't get walls, you don't get a ceiling, you don't get windows, you don't get paint, you don't get couches, you don't get wood floors. You don't get nothing without the right foundation. So it's not that foundation is number one and walls are number two and ceiling is number three. No, 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 no. It's foundation. Jesus is my, God is calling us to prayer. He's calling us to God. Peace is God sustained. Peace is God-sustained. So I would almost say you don't even need peace. You need God. Because when you get God, you get all the stuff that God comes with. So you need God. Am I, t- am I? Say amen, everybody. Okay, I'm trying to help you here. Because we fight for priorities. And we miss God in the priorities. Because it's Jesus. And, and, and if you could picture it, so now there's, there's Jesus and out of, out of this walk with Jesus comes marriage and comes business and comes finance and comes family and comes career and comes future. All of that comes from a place of just having Jesus in my life for real. Okay, so, so Paul says it like this in, in Ephesians 2.20. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Foundation. Everyone say foundation. foundation. Can you all type that in the chat real quick if you can? Foundation. From whom the whole building fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And whom you also are being built together for the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So what Paul is really doing in Philippians 4 is not calling us to a discipline of prayer. Because for you who are anxious... All that's going to do is bring more anxiety. Yeah? yeah, am I the only one who's been there? It's like I got to pray more. Thirty minutes, click. You're just staring at a stopwatch. Lord, I pray for Shannon. I pray for Goldie. I pray for my family. I pray for the church. Pray. Come on, somebody. Twenty seconds later. Let me let my Instagram know I'm praying for them, Lord. Hey, y'all, I'm praying for you. Let me just scroll a little bit. Come on, somebody. Okay. I'm keeping it too real. You guys are judging me. Because me just putting another discipline on you is actually just making it worse. I'm calling you to Jesus. I'm calling you to prayer, which is a place consecrated. A quiet place, a simple place, a beautiful place. We're then out of that relationship with the cornerstone, the foundation, Jesus. Jesus becomes my worldview. Jesus becomes how I see the world. Jesus becomes my source. Jesus is the air that I breathe. Jesus is everything. And now out of this, out of this vertical walk with God, the, the horizontal just, it just works. Because this is Healthy. Because, because once this is right, this will never be weird. And, and if this is weird, it's because this is messed up. Because Jesus is not weird and the Holy Spirit is not weird and God is not weird. People are weird. And people blame their weirdness on God. <laughs> but if this is really healthy, this will become healthy. Okay. Lastly, I went too long. Number three, peace is my weapon against the enemy. Peace is my weapon. <sighs> Be anxious for nothing. I have faith for an anxiety free life. But in prayer, I have a walk with God. Once those things are established and The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding. In other words, I shouldn't have peace, but I do. It surpasses my understanding. It doesn't make sense. Let me have the the keys come up. So I now am walking in a supernatural peace that is so beyond the natural, so beyond circumstance, so beyond what would make sense, I'm now walking in the peace of God. It, it surpasses all of my understanding. And now the peace of God is guarding my heart, and the peace of God is guarding my mind. The peace of God is now a weapon, a guard, that is protecting my heart and my mind. What, what, does that tell, what does that tell us right away? It tells us that anxiety comes from the heart and the mind. Yeah? Okay. If the peace of God is guarding my heart and mind, that means that is the birthplace of anxiety. Heart, write this down if you're interested. Heart is your emotions. Mind is your Thoughts. The peace of God can protect your emotions and your mentality, your heart and your mind, your feelings and your thought processes. And the peace of God will guard, will stand up against anything that would bring anxiety to your emotions and your thoughts. Okay. And so the opposite of peace, anxiety, that's where the devil wants you making every decision. Praying every prayer, making every move, thinking every thought from an anxious place. We should live in such peace. Have y'all ever heard someone say, man, I just don't have a peace about it. Y'all ever heard that? Here's how that should work. I should live such a life of peace, Zach, that it is constant and consistent. It's it's, It's my foundational place, peace. And anytime I have to make a decision that is not the will of God, I feel that thing lift off of me. And I go, whoa, this is strange. This is not the norm. This is not the God life God has promised for me. And that, it's the anxiety that is the sign. Not that I'm constantly in anxiety. And then every once in a while feel peace. No, I walk in peace. I want you to, I want you to feel the difference. I want you to feel the, that shift in your life. Because that's where you can really live from. I'm not saying life doesn't get hard or stressful or you got to make big decisions. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can do it from a place of peace instead of a place of anxiety. Okay. Okay, peace is a weapon. Let me give you three ways to use the weapon really quick in my last two minutes. Number one, speak peace. Everybody say, say it. Okay. Speak peace. Look what, look what Jesus says, Luke 10, verse 5. I want every person to do this when you get home, and I want every person at home to do this right now. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Woo, man. You know, I came here last night and I prayed for you, and I had my little, my little boom box, whatever those little things are called, this little Bluetooth boom, you know, those little, I don't know what they're called. Boom box, how old am I? I had a record player up here with, and I pumped it up, and I got the music on. No, and I had my music on, and I said, "I said, <laughs> what is it?" People are cutting up in church right now. They're not listening to preacher. And I and I, I spoke peace to this house. I spoke peace over you. I spoke peace over every chair. I spoke peace over every person who would watch this. When you get home, to I know it sounds a little weird. Maybe you can't, you know, walk in and maybe you're not enough. I speak peace to this house in the name of Jesus. But maybe for you dads that are a little nervous, maybe just go into the bathroom. When you get home, shut the door. and Father, I speak peace to this house. I speak the shalom of God, completeness, wholeness, prosperity, nothing missing, nothing broken over my house and all that pertains to my house. Whoa. That's a weapon. I speak peace. You're fighting with your spouse a lot. Maybe swallow your pride and say, can we hold hands real quick? I speak peace over this house. Number two. Think peace. Everybody say, think it. Think Think peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Wow. Perfect peace. You will keep him perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Perfect peace. How do I receive perfect peace? not perfect circumstances. Don't, don't get it confused. Perfect peace. How do I have perfect peace? Because my mind, my thoughts are fixed on Jesus. We're going back to relationship now. Not, I got to think better. I got to think better. I got to think better. I got, oh man, I haven't been thinking well. Ah, And then you're just back in the anxiety train. No, no, no. My thoughts are on Jesus. I play worship music and I fill my life with the word of God. And I and I, I try to call people that I know are going to be good for my soul. And I, my thoughts are fixed on Him. Number three, receive peace. Everyone say, receive it. Type that in the chat if you can. Receive it, receive it. First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Receiving is both giving And receiving. God, I give you my cares and I receive your care. I give you my anxiety and I receive your peace. This is a choice. When when Peter says, casting your cares upon him or casting your anxiety upon him, you're you're literally by by the by the choice of your will by the by the choice of your heart by by the decision of your will god i give you this thing right now i give it to you and i do this and i i do this i'm 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 it helps me even visually i'll lift my hands i'll just say god i just give you this right now i give you this anxiety i give you this fear i give you this stress i give it two times since we planted the church um I went to the hospital completely convinced that I was having a heart attack. Completely. Like, I am dying. I got the pain. I got it down here. I got... And, and both times I walked in. And they do all the testing and they do all the stuff. and That's uh, a great way to get to the front of an ER line, by the way, if you just... <laughs> Having a heart attack, you know, you might have a broken pinky. Just throw a heart attack in there. You'll write to the, okay. Kidding. But I didn't know that. You know, I waited my turn, got in front of the line. I was like, hi, I'm having a heart attack. Heart attack. They bring you in. Put all this stuff. It's freaky. I mean, I thought I was dying both times. I felt no panic. I felt no fear. I felt no, like, what I thought anxiety would feel like. And both times that doctor looked at me and said, man, I got good news for you. You're not dying. You're not having a heart attack. Everything's healthy. Blood pressure, everything's good. Okay? Uh, You're having an anxiety attack. You're having a panic attack. And I had no idea. I had no idea that's what it felt like. I had no idea. I had no idea it was even that stressed. I knew I was stressed. I didn't know I was that stressed. And I had to make this decision because that, that hasn't really been me either. I've always been pretty easygoing, pretty fun-loving, pretty, like, that's just not, I, I don't think of myself as being that stressed. My staff might disagree, but I don't think of myself as that wound up. And I had to figure out, okay, I was allowing anxiety to grow for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks until it manifested in a way that felt beyond my control. So I've had to learn as soon as that thing begins to rise. I go, here you go, Lord. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the beginnings of can I'm I am I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I felt that so I was really going through it a couple months ago as 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 all of us were reeling with all that was happening in America. And man, I started like taking on so much personal stuff and I just, I just had to go, nope, I can't. And every day I'd have to wake up and go, all right, Lord, here it is. Here's the sleepless night. Here's the stress. Here's the anxiety. Here's the, is anybody coming back to church? (laughs) Is Like all of these things, like here's the fears, here's the worries, here's the and I had to just daily, daily, daily. And it becomes a daily casting. And then it becomes a daily receiving because he cares for you. So now, Lord, I receive your care. I receive your peace. I receive your joy. I receive your strength. And I feel, I feel better right now mentally than I've probably ever felt in my life, even in a pandemic. Not because life is perfect. Not because I have all the answers, but because I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this thing where I'm letting peace fight for me. And I want to tell you peace can fight for you in Jesus name. Can you say amen? Amen. Give God some praise. I'm done preaching. Come on. Come on. Really applaud the Lord and thank God for his word. So right now, why don't we just lift up our hands? I want you to say this out loud with me. Say father in the name of Jesus I give you every care every worry every fear all anxiety I cast it to you I hand it to you and I let it go. I say this after me say now I receive the perfect peace of God that guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I just keep those hands raised for one moment. I speak the blessing of peace over your home, over your mind, over your heart. Speak the blessing of peace over your life. And I declare today that faith is working that possibilities are working, that miracles are happening, that today is the beginning of a new life, that today is the beginning of a new strategy, that today is the beginning of a new breakthrough for you, that you will actually be able to mark this date down. August 23rd, 2020, was the day that anxiety was no longer in control of me. I declare that and it will be your testimony for decades and decades and decades to come. I declare it so. And I declare and decree it's happening in your heart now in Jesus' name. Lastly, if there's anyone watching and anyone in this room that does not know the Lord, you've never given your life to Christ, that's where it starts. Pray with me. Say yes to Jesus right now. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon his name right now in Jesus' name. Everyone out loud in the room and everyone out loud wherever you're watching from, together say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again. I turn from my old life and I turn towards you. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life.